welcome in on another instant reaction episode in the Movie Buffs podcast. My name is Tyler Valencia and I got Blue Beetle for you. I saw it last week, a week late. I will admit that originally my wife and I, we had planned to go see it opening weekend, but we were leaving the day after early in the morning for a Vegas trip. And so we decided to pull it back for a week and I'm actually very happy that we saw it. I had always planned to see it. I wanted to see it in the theaters. A little bummed that after a week it got moved to a smaller screen because as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I do enjoy me some Dolby Cinema. That's the type of theater that I prefer over IMAX or a regular screen. If you don't know what that is, go to an AMC uh, movie theater, see if they have a Dolby Cinema and then purchase your next movie to watch it in there. It's a better experience in my opinion. That's what going to the movies is for me. Experience. They got the seats, the sound, the screen, all that kind of good stuff. And I just prefer to see movies like that. But before we get to the instant reaction episode, all the details, all that good stuff, thank you for listening in to the Movie Bus podcast. There's a lot of options out there for podcasts, any type of podcast. So I really appreciate you tuning in, listening. If you miss any of this episode and you're thinking, oh man, I forgot where I was, or maybe you're not near your preferred podcasting platform, you can't listen to it that way. You can always go on YouTube and listen to our podcast. Make sure that you subscribe while you're there. I'm going to start this in terms of the whole episode talking about how I felt when this movie was announced, because this was one that, I mean, there's, of course, it's a DC movie. There's drama surrounding it right now, but I honestly, I wasn't really sure. I wasn't probably interested or I wasn't interested until Ron talked about it. If you're new to the podcast, Ron is my co-host and he is not able to do the podcast at the moment since he is an actor and the actors are still on strike. And if you don't know, we usually do bigger episodes for movies like this. And I'm sure that we would have done one for Blue Beetle with its um, what's the best way to say with its connection to Mexican culture, Ronald being Mexican. He's really about this movie. He's about promoting it, all that kind of stuff because of his culture, all that kind of good stuff. And those are a lot of the positive uh, details that I'm going to jump into a li later on in this is in this episode. But I wasn't really interested in the movie until Ron started sharing it in his stories, talking about it. I think he might have mentioned another podcast that we've done this year. But going into it, seeing tweets, seeing reviews coming out as positive, I got pretty pumped for it. I was pretty excited to see it. I a little bit that I heard about it. I already heard that it was self-contained. The fact that James Gunn had already mentioned how the Blue Beetle might, I believe, I don't want to say he is continuing on in this little soft reboot. I'm going to say he might be continuing on, but I think it was filmed in a way that it wasn't connected to any of the other pieces. Um, yeah, he talks about Superman, but a lot of them do. Uh, I think talks about Batman. Yes, that's in one of the previews for it, but it's not like he's mentioning or seeing anybody from it. So I think the possibilities of him continuing there with his character, I think it's strong, to be honest. I think that it was a good enough movie that fans would like it if they watched it. And so that's kind of getting ahead to my recommendation. But uh, let's move on with this instant reaction. Now, some movie details to think about. And as I always talk about, I always, I always say in these episodes that the instant reaction episodes are 
spoiler free ish. I'm clarifying it ish with, with this, but they're meant to promote a movie, a show for people to go watch it. If they didn't know about it, if, if they're on the fence about it, listening to this podcast, hopefully they are inspired to turn it on, go to the theater and go see movies. So IMDb score here is a 6.7 out of 10 at the moment. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 78% critic score and a 92% audience score. Pretty high there. I did see a tweet before recording this and the the budget, the supposed budget was different on IMDb, but I saw a tweet. I don't want to say it was from Rotten Tomatoes. It might have been from other another account that I follow for movie information, but it said that it had a supposed budget of $105 million, and currently it's just at a tad over $81 million worldwide. So the background of that tweet or a little bit more about it, I think it was estimating that it was in a finish around 140 to 160. So that gives some people that are not happy with DC something to dunk on them for. But I will say some of those projections when they uh, when they were starting to mention Oppenheimer and the lead up to it, people were already trying to dunk on Oppenheimer, trying to trying their best. It wasn't a lot of people. It was a small amount of people, especially when you take into account Twitter. Is It's not even that big of a platform. Or it's not the biggest platform. I think it, X, I know I said Twitter, but I think X is maybe the eighth most popular platform. And so a small percentage on there who are already trying to say that Oppenheimer's going to be a flop. And I think they honestly had it super low and it's approaching a billion. So the, uh, we make these projections, these estimates, and who knows? I I wouldn't be surprised if it does if it does better. I went in the second week, and that could have been scheduling wise too for for me for other people. Why? I don't know how long it's going to stay in the theaters, but I wouldn't be surprised if people more people see it. I'm just going to say that right off the bat. Cast and crew for this director is. In, Angel Manuel Soto. I didn't know who he was, um, but uh, he's known for The Farm in 22 Weeks. I'm not familiar with those films. The cast and, oh man, I'd love to see if I'm going to edit this because I was honest, I I was practicing some pronunciations before this recording because I didn't want to butcher their names. And I apologize because uh, I'm not the best with pronunciating some names, remembering names, but Zolo Maridueña, he was uh, one of the ones that I did look up uh, on Google. If you could just highlight a name and say, search it on Google, there is a pronunciation on his name. And I feel like I did okay there. Um, But you might know him for uh, Cobra Kai. If you watch that on Netflix, I didn't watch the last season, but I watched, I think, three seasons of Cobra Kai. Next actor or actress is Bruno... uh, Marquez, Marquez, Marquezini. There we go. <laughs> we'll see if I keep that one in there. But that was one of the ones that when I listened to it, I was like, is this Italian? Uh, but I believe she is Brazilian. Uh, she is known for Maldivas or Ophelia's death. And she's kind of the love interest in it. She uh, plays a chord in it. I don't want to give away too much of it, but she is one of the primary actor actresses in it and um somebody that was uh, surprising in terms of her role what she did in it um but she plays jenny cord next up is becky g and becky g actually used to date a soccer player that i liked but uh from a little bit of 
extracurricular, extracurricular stuff. They are not involved. So bad on that soccer player. She used to be, <laughs> she played the yellow power ranger in the most recent adaptation. There's George Lopez. I'm sure you know the name. He's in a lot of stuff. Uh, Adriana Barraza. Uh, and I actually remember her from Babel. That was, I was like, jogging my memory during the movie, trying to think, what would, what did I know her in? And she plays a really good uh, role in Babel. And she has a great story arc or character arc in it. And um, I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen that movie. I My wife always jokes that that's the movie that I get very anxious watching because it's that good. The writing, the directing, the stories, all that kind of stuff. It's pretty up there for me. Susan Sarandon is in uh, this movie as well. And then Harvey Guillen. If you don't know that last one, if you watch What We Do in the Shadows, um, he's one of the main characters in it. And uh, he, he's I kind of wish he had more, more of it, but uh, he plays a good comedian in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Feeling inspired by hosts Ron and Tyler? This episode of the Movie Buffs podcast is brought to you by the YouTube workout channel Time to Train Fitness. With all things YouTube, it's free. Jump into a bar class, crank out a cycling workout, or pump out a strength session. Everything you need to work out for free at home. Check out the description and subscribe today. You heard the promo about Time to Train Fitness and you're thinking, how do I get some dumbbells? There's really only two products that I recommend when it comes to at-home fitness, and one of those are the Core Home Fitness Adjustable Dumbbells. If you're already following the YouTube workouts, these are the dumbbells that I use, me, Tyler, and you've probably seen me adjust them between the weights super fast. Along with adjusting quickly, they go from five pounds to 50 pounds and feel great in the hands. Head to the link in the description and grab yourself a pair. You have the free workouts on YouTube and will now have the dumbbells to help you reach your fitness goals. Let me read to you now the IMDb storyline. And it says an alien scarab chooses Jaime Reyes to be a, sim a symbiotic host, bestowing the recent college graduate with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero known as Blue Beetle. Now, let's kind of talk about the similarities between this and Ant-Man. Uh, one of our listeners sent me a reel about this person that was talking about the movie or talking about Blue Beetle and basically comparing it, making a joke about how it's the same thing as Ant-Man. A lot of similarities with it, you know, with Ted Cord, with the chords and a part of the, I don't want to say the, the scarab and um, it's not, I mean, Ant-Man doesn't have a scare, but the suit, but the technology aspects of it and um, those pieces, there's some similarities there. But as I was kind of explaining and joking about it to my wife with, uh, that's all comic books, all comic book storylines. They're DC, uh, Marvel, um, that uh, there's always similarities with it. I mean, it's hard to think of new characters. So there, of course, is going to be some crossover with it. And uh, I mean, is it bad that there's some similarities with it? Not in my opinion. I mean, just look at even uh, what is there that there uh, where the, the the boys are. Was it that Dark Horse um, comics? I mean, there's so many things that uh, could could be taken from Marvel, from DC, and yet uh, I mean, it's an enjoyable show, and I think that. Yeah, part of it is how it's written, how it's acted, and um, you know the similarities with this one. I mean, I, I don't think that it hurts that 
the first Ant-Man did well. I think that uh, some of the things I'm going to talk about in a bit with Blue Beetle and its positives of the movie, I think that it's a good, fresh take in terms of what audiences will hopefully like and it leaves the door open for more with what they did in the movie. And so I know I beat around the bush with a couple items there, but I don't want to give away the story of it, what um, Zolo's character is doing in it and um, kind of his storyline with Jaime is doing in it. I mean, uh, a good kind of early scene in it. And this is more just talking about the scene is when he's talking about, so he gets his powers. That's not going to spoil anything. He gets his powers and he's basically talking about how he doesn't know if he wants to be a superhero. And I mean, uh, I feel like I saw a reel recently. It, it was actually, it was, it was pointing out in the, in the flash, the latest adaptation that uh, how Barry, the Barry from the alternate universe, how he gets all excited and starts doing, you know, funny stuff and messing around with his powers. And the reel was saying, you know, you know, how this is the truth, how anybody that gets powers, they're going to, this is how they would use them. And Jaime starts with um, basically, you know, debating, do I want these powers? I, I never wanted these. This is, what, this is what you guys did to me. I never wanted this responsibility. You know, I was supposed to go on and do great things to help my family. And, you know, it's that responsibility when something like this is tasked upon you. How do you handle them? And so I think starting off with that, that kind of outlook on it, it it's it's nice to see it's refreshing in my opinion now let's talk about why aren't dc movies bringing the fans in i already talked about the budget i talked about where it's at currently in the global market and with this one specifically i think that a lot of it is the drama surrounding dc studios that's my own opinion on it i um i think that this is a good enough movie that it should be doing better it should be doing like maybe a um, a quantum mania. I think quantum mania well, um, is maybe over four hundred. I think I don't know off the top of my head, but um, I think it should be doing you know four hundreds, hopefully over four. So yeah, quantum mania four hundred and seventy six million. Uh, I feel like it is one of those movies. I feel like it's good enough to push that boundary. Uh, I mean, with all of these movies, and uh, I'm talking about comic book movies in general getting the general audience to the theater is what helps them i think that this one specifically not a lot of people knew about it and i'm going to point back to the timing of it in terms of there's a lot of great movies that came out is it enough to bring people to the theaters i thought the movie was good enough to do that but i think that um the general audience with it being schools going back into um, going back into full effect for a lot of people. Can they bring their kids? Can they bring the general audience to it? Um, I think that that's what's hurting it because uh, we do know, and it's talked about that a lot of DC fans are not going to see it, but they're going to dunk on it all day on platforms like X. Uh, and I think that does hurt it, but I decide or i did see it because i wanted to i i I like dc movies i still think that some of them are are watchable going forward a lot of them have been watchable and i'm excited for the future but uh hopefully things turn around for dc because i mean 
There's a lot of favorable characters across the board. Now, let's talk some more about some positive stuff with the strengths of the movie. I really think that the family connection in it is very evident and it's a very, uh, it's, it's great to watch on screen. It's very apparent. And that I think goes with the culture, Mexican culture, living together, generations all living together in one house and the connection they have, the support, uh, but they're, uh, the love that they show with joking, but with hard times, good times, they're all showing up and supporting each other. It might be a little bit of joking here and there, but I feel like that is part of the, the Mexican culture that it's so fun to watch on screen. And there's a lot of jokes in it that go around with that, the beginning, middle, end. And even with the the climax of the movie, with uh, when they're going um, on a mission, I'm not going to say fully what's happening. It's about each other, saving each other, being there for everyone, and even bringing people in. So I think that that aspect of it was very apparent. It wasn't rushed. It wasn't forced. And I think that the way that it came across on screen, everybody that per, that was a part of the family, the Reyes family, it was uh, it was very authentic in in a way. So that also goes with the story of it. Uh, I know I was talking a little about the story. I was beating around the bush with the story there a little bit earlier. But the story of it, I think it's it's great. It, it was enjoyable to watch. It was it, The direction of it was good. Uh, I will talk now about some of my criticisms of, of it. So I'm, little, I'm jumping around a little bit with my instant reaction here. But the music and the cinematography were the two negatives I had with it. I liked the characters. I liked the story. I liked the movie. I just didn't like the music and the cinematography. With the easy one, the cinematography, there were points that I was like, why is this so dark? Why? <laughs> I get what they're trying to portray here. I get that uh, certain scenes they can't put, they didn't want to put certain lights in, but oh my goodness, it was, there were some scenes where I was like, why are some of these actors so poorly lit that it's a movie? Yes, you can still create different shades and different ways to light people, but I thought that was a big thing. That point that was just apparent to me. I just, I was, I was kind of turned off by that aspect. And then the other one was the music. I think that this one, and I was actually surprised when I looked at who did the, um, the, the music for this because he, he, this individual has a lot of big credits. But I feel like at times I wanted to be Stranger Things. At times they wanted to be hip and cool, and other times they wanted to express. Mexican culture. And I think that it didn't blend well enough. I think it was forced at times. I think that these stranger things kind of uh, themes and songs and uh, those aspects of it, I think deterred. If that's what you want to do with it, be all about that. But if you want to do other, if you want it to be about Mexican culture and you want it to be a hip movie with um, I know it's not going to be a popular way to say it, but a movie like a James Gunn movie where music is so intertwined with it, be that. So that's my opinion on that, that those are my only, only criticisms of it. I'm sure that uh, other people that watch it, I'd love to hear in the future what you think about it. But uh, let's go to now a couple of other items. I'm going to talk about some characters here. I was actually really surprised with uh, Zolo's performance in this. I, like I said, I've seen him, him him in Cobra Kai, and I didn't think he was the best actor in Cobra Kai. Uh, and he was at, at some points kind of a turnoff for me for the show. But 
I think he did great. It was actually really surprising. And that was one of the first things that I mentioned as, as I was walking out of the theater. I think I mentioned before in episodes that my walkout recommendation, my walkout initial thoughts, that's what uh, my wife and I do when we're walking out of a, a movie is that we talk about what are our initial thoughts because as you walk it, as you continue on with your, your life, you continue on with your day, your opinions might change. As you read more about a movie you might or going on social media, you're opinion might change just because you see other stuff you learn more about it and you think about it you're like, oh, okay maybe i maybe i am changing my mind about it but my initial reaction was i was like oh wow he did pretty good my favorite character in it is george lopez i thought that he was in my opinion the best actor on screen and his character his connection to it and to all of it he's fine he's got he's got jokes he's got uh serious moments and uh, what he does in it it, it it's all really well done so he was my favorite character in it and i thought he brought a great uh, on-screen presence getting to uh, the wrap-up of this and uh, like i mentioned before i do think that people should watch it i do think that it's a fun watch i know that if you are a fan of the podcast you you probably think that i'm too optimistic when it comes to shows but uh, i think that is one that you should put on your list when it comes out i know that these times it takes a lot to get people to the theaters. I think that that is one of the big changes of over the last few years is getting people to the theaters is much harder because of streaming, because of how quickly things come out onto streaming platforms. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that will watch this one when it comes out on say an HBO Max, or sorry, a Max. And that might be when it people start talking about it more, but it would be great if people went and saw this one in theater that has been it for this instant reaction episode i hope you enjoyed it hopefully you kind of shed some light on it and maybe you share it with a friend that's maybe on the fence about it well thank you as always for listening to the movie bus podcast and i'll catch you in the next one